Welcome to the Nebraska Hawks Nest. These guys are brave. They're Hawkeyes living in enemy territory. Listen, these guys are way past their prime, but they're still Hawkeyes. They're spreading the Hawkeye height to all of Nebraska. The Frost Advisory is canceled. Corn Huskers, more like corn suckers. Are you ready for this podcast? Let's go! All right, welcome back to the Nebraska Hawks Nest. Make sure you take the time to hit the like and subscribe button on all these videos so you can get all the most updated interviews with all the Iowa Hawkeye legends that we get the opportunity to talk to. Right now, coming to us live from his luxury office, we have former Iowa linebacker (laughs) Bo Bauer. What's up, man? How's it going? How are you guys doing? Good, man. It's really awesome to... To see your face, Hawk fans haven't got to see your face for a little bit. So, uh, tell everybody what that beautiful bald head is up to these days. It's it's doing excellent. It's getting more bald by the day. I can tell you that much. Yeah, um, me, me too. And the last time I was probably seen in public was probably two hundred forty pounds ago, or thirty plus, forty plus pounds ago. I'm about two hundred one ninety five right now. Oh wow! Which is kind of nice. I played at two forty. Okay. So it's it's a lot different. I fast, so I don't even really eat that much anymore. <laughs> really? Is that how you got all that weight off? Yeah. I mean, it. you just kind of get it off regardless, whether you're on a diet or you don't need to be on one. You just lose it because you just don't, you don't eat like you do when you're in college. There's no reason to. And yeah. so going back to eating normal kind of trims like instantly, like 20 pounds off. Um, but now I fast too. So I, I don't even eat until usually one o'clock. Um, it's kind of nice, especially during work, like working hours and stuff. You get a lot more stuff and feel better during the day, especially because I don't work out at all now, uh, like at all, which is not good, but fasting kind of helps me stay at least somewhat thin because I know my metabolism, my metabolism is going to catch up with me eventually. So, oh yeah. So you don't eat breakfast or anything. So you mm-hmm. go from like dinner, you have dinner at night. Am I right or mm-hmm. wrong? Okay. Yep, and then and then you don't obviously don't eat all night, skip breakfast, and then don't eat till one. Yep, don't eat till one. So it's a sixteen hours of fast and then eight hour window of eating. Um, okay. I've done that for a while and I've actually done twenty hours of fasting, four hours of eating. So I won't even eat all the way up till dinner. Wow. Um and it, it sounds horrible and it is like for the first like week. Yeah. Um, once you get used to it, it's it's pretty cool. I, I like it a lot. Um uh-huh. yeah. But yeah, you're in my luxurious office, my truck. Yeah. So I guess a little bit of what's going on right now is I'm an uh, engineer for a company called Kiwit out in Colorado. Yeah. Um, so I'm out here in Denver, Colorado Springs area, um, working on their regional office right now. So I do all the civil, so I do all the site work, um, everything on the ground, concrete, asphalt, um, curb and gutter, pipe, 
everything in the ground and on top of it, everything to do with dirt. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm up to right now. Can't complain. That's what the ball head's doing. <laughs> did, uh, it, was it the job that brought you out there or did you go out there because of like family or a girlfriend or it was strictly professional? So I went out here, I was with the Broncos for a while, mm-hmm. um, which is part of the reason I was out here. And I ended up meeting a girl out here who ended up keeping me out here. Um, right. She actually is, she's an alum from the university of Iowa. Uh, so we knew each other a little bit. She was too good for me when I was in college. Um, but then I came out here and we met again and she decided that I was maybe somewhat good for her. And so okay. now we're out here together and we've been out here for the last almost uh, probably about two and a half years now. Okay. It's been going good. Every single former player I talked to, they say that the first time they tried to talk to their wife, the wife was not interested whatsoever and was like, no, I'm out. Why is it that way? Why did they have to be so difficult? Just I don't know. I think it might be part of our egos, maybe, thinking that, you know, it comes off, when, especially when, when people know that you're a football player, you on, you automatically get this kind of rep of like, oh, what a douchebag, or oh, he's, he's such an ass, and then certain the good ones they don't really um they don't really deal with that kind of stuff so they stay away from it and then once to know you i think it kind of uh they kind of see you for who you are and it's a lot better Um, okay i think that's kind of the main reason that happens but no everything's going good now i can't complain so got a house out here and um actually in the military so she's down at Colorado springs um She's in training right now. She's in California, so she's gone for the next month and a half. So, okay, me and the dog. Um, yeah, so that's what's going on. Hopefully, you have a pretty cool dog then. Yeah, she's blind in one eye. Well, that immediately makes her awesome then. Yeah, she's super swaggy. So awesome. No, she's like a I don't even know. She's like a wiener dachshund pit bull mix. We don't know. Wow. Yeah, Ray, Ray, so my girlfriend's name's Rachel, and she uh, she. Um, adopted the dog in Virginia when she was training out there. Okay. Dog had been chained to a dumpster and like beaten. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's like, it was an abused dog. And so she fell in love with her like right away at the shelter. It was only like four months old too. It's kind of sad, but wow. Doing good now. So can't complain. Those are the best dogs to get. Like I never, Mm -hmm. I don't really understand people that, you know, and nothing against anyone. You have your personal preferences, but spending like 1500 to 2,500 on a dog when there's dogs like that, that, that Mm -hmm. need a home and dogs are smarter and you give them credit for Like they know, they know that you saved them and you know, they know that they're in a a lot better of a situation unless, you know, dogs that can be like people where they're absolute idiots too. So, but I would say most dogs absolutely would know. So that's pretty cool. You're from West branch, Iowa. Is that right? Yes, West Branch, Iowa. So literally like so I grew up in Iowa City for my first like twelve years. I went to school in Iowa City um, until I was in sixth grade. Okay. Um then we moved to where we are right now, which is right in between Iowa City and West Branch. So I'm just barely in the West Branch school district. Okay. So sixth grade came around. I was playing football in West Branch, fifth, sixth grade. Um so I you know, I was having connections with all those guys out there, and my parents just decided to send me out to West Branch instead of Iowa City Schools. Okay. So from seventh grade all the way through high school, I was out of West Branch. Okay. Um, but I live in between Iowa City and West Branch. So I was born and raised basically in Iowa City Mercer Hospital, which is right outside of or basically in the heart of Iowa City. Um, so I've been a Hawk fan. I've been a Hawk ever since I was born. 
Um, so it's been kind of cool just kind of living that life and then actually being able to play for him in the end, which has been awesome. I didn't know. I don't know like the, the timeline of when this opened and when you were there or when you left, but um, I, I felt great that, you know, every single time I go to Iowa City for games, I, you know, we go out to the bars around the Ped Mall and stuff, and I always feel like just a loser because it's like all these 20 tw- something year olds and I'm like 39 and I'm like, mm-hmm. son of a bitch. I need to find like a better bar to go to because I'm like, you know, but the, and then there'll be like, you know, that demographic where it's like some of the parents are in town from the students, but I'm in the awkward demographic. It's like, you know, I'm not old enough to have a kid in college, but I'm way too Mm -hmm. old to be hanging out with college kids. So we went to um, the Down Under Bar in West Branch. I don't know if you've ever been there. Um, It's They said it was about five or six years old. Um, it's the, it goes downstairs. It's like right up on the main street. It's, I think it's across the street from the hotel, really closer, but you have to go down steps to get to it. And they have like, okay. it's like a sports bar. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 I know what you're okay. talking about. I, I love that bar. That place is awesome. Well, story for you. We actually, um, I remember we had pro day, right. And so you train, you train, you know, you're staying in good shape, you know, you're, you know, doing what you're supposed to do. And then after pro day, you go out. And so we ended up getting a party bus and I'll, I'll never forget. It was like all of us guys from the 18 season or the 17 season. So Josie, Ben, Ike Buckner, me, um, Boone Myers. Um, I don't know if uh, Vandenberg was the year. He was my class, but he actually played as a true freshman. So I can't remember if he was our training. Anyway, him and a bunch of other guys from that class, um, we got a party bus, and it was obviously a Monday night. <laughs> and so we drive around to all the bars, and they're all like, God, where do we go? And we had, like, Kittle was in town, and Croston was in town. And so they all met up with us, and we all went on the bus. And they're all like, God, where do we go? And I'm like, I know exactly where we're going. So, <laughs> the West Branch. And we hit up Urban Lou's, which was one of the local bars there, and a couple other places. And then we just hopped from there to, I think we went to, like, I don't know if we went all the way to Tipton. I don't think we went there. Then we went up to, you know, Williamsburg and not Williamsburg, uh, North Liberty. Okay. That area and back down and Solon and hit up all those kind of towny bars and stuff like that, which is the best. Which Yeah, like, those are, I love those. Yeah, a lot of people don't, especially if you're coming from, you know, different parts of the state or out of state, you don't really realize what's around Iowa city. I mean, it's kind of, it's just all small towns with awesome bars. We did that for a while and that was super fun. And um, The guys loved that. And that was, that's just a, kind of one of those stories that sticks in my mind, but that was fun. Um, yeah. I'll be doing that from now on hitting all the, the outside bars right outside Iowa city. Cause I'm, I, the last, you know, a couple of years ago before the pandemic last time I, I went, I'm like, all right, I'm done with this. I'm done feeling mm-hmm. like a creeper showing up at brothers down in the ped mall. And there's all like 22 year olds standing around. I'm like, Oh, you're never too old. I, I promise you, you're not the only one your age down there going off. I look like I'm 40. Um, <laughs> like, once I shave my head, I always looked like I was 40 years old. So I just deal with it. Yeah, but, well, I, I'm real close to actually being 40. So uh, you're never too old. You're never too old for Iowa City. I can tell you that much. I'll be going there until I die. 
So. Yeah. Well, me, me too. Me too. Uh, with your recruitment coming out of high school, what other schools were you really considering? I know you and I was hot on your trail. And like you said, though, you really wanted to be a Hawkeye growing up being a Hawk fan. Was there uh, who were you really actually giving a chance and looking at? And was there ever a point where you considered anybody else other than the Hawkeyes? So you and I came to me first. That was like my first like D1 kind of offer, obviously. And um, I committed to them like right away, like South Dakota, you know, and I was looking to play baseball at Iowa possibly in Winona. And, um, I really like baseball too, but football was probably the one thing that I knew I was really going to play in college. Um, and so you and I came up and they're like, yeah, we're going to, well, what was it first? I want to say it was like 75% or 50% offered me. And I was like, all right, cool. Um, mm. Coach Woods, so LeVar Woods. Um, he kind of contacted me and got me into thinking about Iowa and, you know, it was really hot on my trail. He's like, we can't offer you a scholarship, but, um, obviously like we want you to walk on. So, you know, they, they were recruiting me and I went on my visit and I was like, Oh crap, like shit, this is awesome. And so then, you know, um, Coach Farley, you know, he really wanted me and he offered me a full ride. You know, I went up to UNI and kind of went through some more stuff up there and was really torn between the two, the full ride or the walk-on, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, you train enough in high school and you do a lot of work to where you get to that point and you really want to kind of pay it back for your parents and stuff like that and you. And um, I was really torn from having the scholarship and, you know, getting my – like education paid for or, you know, walking on. And luckily um, my parents, you know, we could afford going to college and paying for it. Um, and so my dad's like, screw it. Like you need to go to Iowa. That's where you want to go. That's where you should go. And so I was like, all right. And that's, I haven't looked back since. And luckily I, you know, I was one of the lucky ones where I redshirted and then I ended up getting my scholarship, you know, after my first year and then started playing like right away. Um, so that usually doesn't happen like that, but I got lucky and then I was on scholarship those last four years. Um, so it all ended up working out, which is really nice. Walk us through the moment when you found out you're, you're going to get put on scholarship. Who, who told you and what was that situation like? It was nothing special. I remember coming out, I was before or after, I remember we were in the weight room, the old weight room. So when it was like, Iowa hadn't updated any of their stuff in like a while yet. Like the, it was, the bubble was obviously gone. That was all a parking lot, but the old weight room was still the old weight room, which was super kick ass. Like I, I love that weight room, but it was outdated. And so the offices were all right there and everything's connected to the field house. And it was right before our workout. And I don't remember who came up and told me and they're just like, Hey, uh, coach France needs to see you before the workout. And I'm like, Oh, what okay cool not really cool but i walked up there and sat down and he would you know walk i came into the office he's like we're gonna put you on scholarship and i'm like damn that's freaking cool and so he's like yeah you know you earned it you've been working hard and um we want to put you on scholarship and so i was like cool handed me some papers and i walked out went to the workout <laughs> and then Doyle, i remember he was downstairs and you know, he gave me a hug. He's he's really happy for me, and um, it's it's a big deal. Um, but it's you know, it it comes with a lot of hard work and a lot of kind of strife and 
it's one of those deals where you don't really see it coming. It just kind of happens. And so, um, I had no idea and sat the papers down on the table when I got home. Cause I, my, my parents, you know, we only live 15, 20 minutes away. Yeah. And so I went home, I think that weekend for like a Sunday afternoon, laid the papers down. I'm like, they're like, what's this? I'm like, read it. And they're like, nice. I'm like, sweet. That had to felt really freaking good to be able to pay that back really to your good. parents. Yeah. That was kind of the biggest deal. It was obviously something that really tore me up either going to UNI or Iowa. Um, and then having that piece of paper and having that um, scholarship in hand was huge. Um, big accomplishment. So it was good. That's yeah. what happened. There was no video or they didn't have me kick a field goal. And then like, <laughs> ah, he's on scholarship now. No, nothing like that. It was just plain and simple, short and sweet. Just how coach Ferentz is. It wouldn't have it any other way. So it was good. <laughs> That's not really Iowa's way to do those flashy announcements. Like the nope. way that it was done. I mean, it's done professionally, like an NFL organization would handle it. You know, you go into the office, they give you the papers, they let you know, handshake back to work. That's it. That's how it should be. So it was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, that's, that's awesome. Um, I want to know a little bit more about, you know, the behind the scenes. Yeah. And it really seems like from what we've gotten outside looking in, um, it looks like you've got some really awesome relationships with a lot of the guys that you played with while you were there and a lot of close friendships. Uh, walk us through a lot of that, you know, 2015 season, you got, you know, had that really special season and um, what that was like in the locker room, what that was like with you know, a lot of the guys that you played with that you're probably still pretty close to this, to this day. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was, the 15 season was super special. A lot of guys were invested. A lot of guys did what they needed to do. And that's just plain and simple how we were so good. Um, but I lived in the house. So my roommates all through college, I was with Josie Jewell and then Ike Bucker who's with the Bills right now. Um, so I had a kind of a diverse collection of people that I roomed with. And then we, you know, we'd have Adam Cox or Jake Doozy and then Drake Kulik who came through. Like we had some other roommates that came through. Um, but I had offense and defense, you know, I was always with the defense, but a lot of my really good friends are offensive guys. Um, Mike Buckner, he's, you know, my best friend to this day, same with Josie, you know, Peter Picar. Um, and then, you know, CJ Beathard, George Kittle, still, I still talk to them. Um, and even, you know, Brandon Sheriff, you know, those guys who still stay in touch. Drew Ott's one of my best friends, Dom Alvis, you know. So it's a wide range of just guys. Um, and so what that's what made that season special is we still stay in contact with, you know, a lot of those guys. And um, it's a pretty cool deal. The 15 seasons, one of those deals where you think, you know, why you did so well, but then again, it just, sometimes it just doesn't make sense. And sometimes it doesn't have to. Mm. And so I think that's why um, we were so good. That season was a lot of guys are invested and just, you know, we're not selfish and do what they had to do. Um, so it's pretty cool. Uh, tell us about your experience going, getting to go to the Rose Bowl, what that was like, not necessarily just on the field, but uh, everything that came with it for being a player. Um, I was able to go, and it was just unbelievable from a fan perspective. What was it like for you and all the experiences that you were able to to be a part of? It was cool. Um, the only thing I regret is Motley Crue had their last main concert across the way in Staples in the Staples Center. And I was like, Oh, uh, that. and I was like, Oh, but I'm going to get my ass ripped if I go to that. And so after 
you know, looking back now, and if I knew we were going to be like that, I would have went. Yeah. But that that was like my only regret. Other than that, it was pretty cool. Downtown LA's LA's not my scene. Yeah. Um, it was okay, but everything that kind of came with the Rose Bowl was pretty cool. It's all, it's an experience that you know you have to be there, and like it's something money can't buy. Um, and so it was it was pretty cool. It was it was really rewarding. There was a lot of you know gatherings, and I can't imagine football right now with this COVID stuff. It just sickens me mm-hmm. today thinking about that. Or be, you know, being a senior and all that stuff, but no, the Rose Bowl was really cool. The stadium is awesome. Turf slippery. McCaffrey's fast. <laughs> Usual. So, yeah. Besides the game, it was it was a good experience. Um, it was a really good season. Um, so I, I the the Big Ten Championship, honestly, to this day, was probably one of the best games we've ever played in. That was super fun. Um, the Rose Bowl's the Rose Bowl, but we got our asses kicked, so it really wasn't that fun. But I, the Big Ten Championship was easily probably the best game of that year. Even though a lot, a lot of guys commented on the field at the Rose Bowl how like it was slippery and they couldn't get their footing. The grass was really weird and it was causing them a lot of issues. So we're starting. The more guys we talk to, the more we're starting to find that out. So that's interesting. What happens to you? You go to the concert. Let's just say hypothetically, you go to the concert. Screw it, man. I'm gonna go. You go. You come back. They find out what happens. Uh, if, if I went to that concert and they were to find out about it, I don't even know. Cause it's like the last game of the season. The thing is, is we have a curfew, right? So like mm-hmm. if I've got time off, I can go do, I, we could go do what we wanted. Obviously that concert would go past curfew. So as long as I was in my room before curfew i would have been fine if i stayed in that whole concert missed curfew i, w- I wouldn't have played okay yeah. i probably sent me home really yeah, yeah. no you definitely would have sent me home like there's no doubt in my mind and you yeah. hear stories about the time where they just and they would have put me on a bus too it would have been a bus back it wouldn't have even been a plane ride no ticket it would have been a one-way ticket back on a bus freaking yeah, two days from california Probably good you didn't go to the concert then. I mean, no, the no right it, it wouldn't have happened, but like thinking back, it's like, ah, oh, I love my crew. Like, they're oh, right yeah. there. And it's in walking distance. See, our hotel is literally overlooking Staples Center. Mm. So crazy, but uh, um, it is. We need to ask you a little bit about this. Um, you were able to, at some point, not in the not so distant past, to um, showcase a little bit of your your rhythm and your dance moves. And I have to say a lot of us were pretty, pretty impressed. I want to take a look at this here real quick. You want to watch this with me? Oh no. Man, like that was that was some moves, man. Like that that was impressive. Tell us about that experience. How did that happen? It's there's a lot of alcohol involved, obviously. <laughs> but it's funny, we actually so we have a the um stage manager for Cole Swindell. We're we're pretty good friends with him. He's an awesome dude. 
And so he invites us over and, you know, we're right next to the stage, but he's got, you know, a lot of pull. And so Laura, Lauren Elena, she has that bit right there where it's next boyfriend and she pulls a random dude, right. From, yeah. from there. And he pulled some strings was like, Hey, like she's going to pick you. And like, I had no idea. And so sure enough, the light like beams on me. She's like, you you're like in the audience. And I'm like, Oh, and I'm with my girlfriend at the time too. And I'm like, Uh Oh, cause I know exactly how this is going to go. And it's funny too. Cause like we, we, we brought in her like our own beer and stuff. We went around the back, brought in our own beer. And so I've got like Bush and the whole entire stadium only sells Bud Light. So like, Uh Oh, with these bush lights like in my back pockets and stuff like in my coat i take my coat off and i'm like i have bush in my hand during that whole thing and you can tell everyone's like like, how do you get bush light like everyone's just only got buds and so i was up top and i did that whole deal and you know shotgunned like a beer on stage at the end or something and no it was it was fun i can't i'm not gonna lie it was fun but now i I just get shit from everybody that i talk to (laughs) my teammates and stuff when they see that and so it was funny too because you can see it on the big there's this big i don't remember it's like hot country nights or whatever the big nashville like site is or whatever it was like tim mcgraw and like his new number one then it was like garth brooks going back on tour and then it was my face and i was like that's actually that's probably the coolest part was i was like next to tim garth and then me so that was kind of cool but yeah, I love country music, country concerts, and I haven't been to one in like a year and a half because of this stupid COVID crap. So yeah, yeah, it's been different. Country concerts, for some reason, are a little bit just more—they're more fun. Like people cut loose a lot more, and it just seems to be like that's part of the culture with country concerts. So I, I miss that too, man. I I can't wait to be able to go to a concert this year. I'm going to see uh, CJ's brother uh, Tucker's coming out close to here over the summer. Oh, cool. Yeah, where's he going? Where's he going? Where? Uh, it's in uh, Omaha. Um, he's going to be in okay. Omaha, and it's a small, small venue, like on the lake. Um, I'm trying to remember. Huh. I want to say it's like McCook Lake. There's like a a bar right on the water there, and they got like a a little stage area. So, yeah, Sweet. you should. Yeah, it's it, it's. I hope it's going to be a good time. I bet it. Well, I'm I'm a big fan of his, and it's going to be nice to be able to just to freaking go to a concert again because he missed that so much. Yeah, he's uh yeah, Tucker's the man. He's a really good dude, real down to earth, and he's just like C- he's just like CJ. It's almost scary. Those two are they're super competitive too. It's so funny they're always they're always going at it. Um, but yeah, Tucker's awesome, and he's gonna keep coming out with more music, and his music's freaking sweet. So it is good. It's really good. Yeah. My wife's always like, you just like him because he's CJ's brother and he's got Hawkeye ties. I'm like, no, actually, that's how I found out about him. I'll give mm-hmm. you that. But once I listen to his music, because I'll, I'll admit country's not my number one choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, at a country artist, he's probably my favorite. And he's got some really good stuff out there. So, yeah, the, the CJ thing didn't hurt his cause at all. No, for sure. Me. But yeah, it, that, that was pretty cool. That's sweet. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you too about um, what that experience was like transitioning from the college game to the Denver Broncos. And, you know, having Josie there with you had to be pretty cool. I want to know what that experience was like being able to have that experience with such a good friend of yours. And then I want you to uh, comment on um, after doing a little digging, I saw that, um, you know, they always do the rookie hazing and 
the they gave you a pretty sick haircut, man. It was like the George Costanza oh, yeah. from Seinfeld, and like. So sick. Well, Josie had like was that like antennas on his head, and they made mm-hmm. like uh, almost like a look like a, a PlayStation controller on his back. Yeah. So like that was fantastic. Tell us it's about that. Thing. Yeah, you just get it's basically a tradition where you get your hair trimmed off. Obviously, I was already bald, and so like I grew as much hair as I could because I didn't want them to touch my beard, but I knew that wasn't going to fly, <laughs> and so they just destroyed my beard, and I looked. Uh, basically like Chris Doyle bald with no beard. And so I I gotta have a beard. I hate not having a beard. So they did that and I looked all messed up up top. And one thing you don't, you don't hear about is we actually did. uh, You have to come up, you have like a group of guys, um, rookies and you have to come up with like a song, I think it was, or some kind of thing to perform in front of everybody. And so it was like me, Josie, and Troy from Magali, who's the tight end for Wisconsin. I think he's out of Denver still. And we did Backstreet Boys. So we did, um, oh, what song did we do? Um, anyway, we did a Backstreet Boys song in front of like everybody. And if they like it, they boo you. And if they don't, like if they do like it, they'll cheer. And so we got like instantly booed and had to like redo it. <laughs> so that, that was fun. Um, but yeah, that whole rookie deal is kind of interesting. It's definitely, it's definitely unique. And then when it comes to going from college to the NFL, honestly, there's like not much of a difference. Um, you've got 95% of the guys who are just trying to make it guys who are at the same level. Um, you get up, you get to that level. A lot of it is a lot of, a lot of it's up here. You know, how smart you are, how quick you can pick up stuff, the quicker you pick it up, the more successful you're going to be. Um, but then you got the five percent. You know, you got like, you know, the guys like Von Miller, you know, JJ Watt and stuff, who are just that high tier, or like you know, Kittle. They're just freaks, and um, those guys are at they're at a pretty high level already. And um, but for the most part, it's it's not much different. It really isn't. And I'd say the transition from high school to college is probably a lot more of a slope than college to the NFL. Okay. But no, it, it wasn't bad. I re- physically, I was there. Um, mentally, it's up for discussion. <laughs> mentally there. So <laughs> when, when you transitioned over, was there any point where you were able to make, you know, um, I, I didn't look up what your contract was like, but any of that dumb NFL purchase where you're like, okay, like I'm in the league now, I want to buy that first cool car or anything like that. Did you ever buy anything cool like that that you're like, oh, that's dumb, I didn't need that? No, because I was scared I was never going to make that kind of money. <laughs> yeah, so I never ended up making any kind of purchase like that, and I, um, I didn't stay. I wasn't there long. You know, I was um, there preseason and. Um, that was basically it for me. And I, I, once I was done with the Broncos, I trained a little bit longer. And then after a while, I was just like, you know what, I'm done. And so I ended up looking for a job and now here I am. That's about it. Have you ever thought about coaching or doing, getting back into football at all? Are you pretty dead set? Like where you're at? It's like, this is a good fit for me. I could coach high school. I'd never coach college. I don't, I would, I shouldn't say that, but excuse me. Um, coaching isn't for me. I don't, I I can see myself doing that. I could definitely see myself, um, definitely like the high school level, maybe sometime, but, um, or maybe helping out with a college deal, but I don't think I could ever actually do college. Um, I don't know if it'd be for me, but you never know. I didn't see myself doing 
engineering out here is in a civil scopes either. So um, that just kind of fell on me. So who knows what's going to happen next. We talked to you very briefly about this earlier before we came on. We always like to talk to guys about any fun, crazy, hilarious stories that happen in practice or the locker room um, that the average fan wouldn't know about. And it seems like every story, almost every story that we get from people, from different guys, you are always in it somehow. You were always either, you were always there or your name always gets mentioned like, oh, Bo was there. Like, you know, this happened. What what do you got for us? Because as fans, we love to hear about that stuff because we know those shenanigans happen. But obviously, you know, that kind of stuff's not going to be on display for, for everybody to see. No, for sure. And I've already mentioned, like, you know, kind of the party bus stuff and the Lauren Elena concert stuff. And uh, who, Who's been mentioning me? Like, who else have you had that's been mentioning me on here? I'm going to have to get the – I'll get the list out and, and mail it over – or email it over to you. Because there's a lot. I think you've been mentioned probably at least five or six times. Uh, not necessarily like the like main character of the story, but they'll be like, oh, yeah, and Bo was there. You know, it, you always come up every single time that like some shenanigan, because whenever they talk about guys that have like the best sense of humor or that were jokesters in the locker room, you're always mentioned, dude, like with guys <laughs> that wait with you every time they say your name. It's just because I'm an asshole. That's just that's. <laughs> They That's never a- say that. They always say you're one of the guys that made them laugh the hardest. That like, um, I know. Uh, I think Budget told us one time. I'm pretty sure. I thought he said that um, oh, you guys yes. just had like a really ho- horrible workout. And he was like, "Yeah." And like, Bo Bauer looked over at me and he was like, "Oh, that was a cakewalk, wasn't it?" <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, it was like the worst workout of my life. Like, I wanted to die." The and- worst. Yeah. Nate was one that like said you were hilarious. Like, you made a lot of stuff for him like livable so like you know it was just you added a sense of humor to it no budget man he's yeah he lives like 10 minutes for me really yeah yeah really yep you don't even live near omaha then really no i'm like an hour north of omaha so like i ran into him at the gas station and he was like covered in dirt and stuff and Oh, yeah. I was getting gas. I walked in. I didn't even realize it was him. He said he was like, hey, man, go Hawks. And he said I turned around and looked at him. And I said, damn right, go Hawks. And damn I'm right. like, dude, I didn't. And he's like, you didn't even like, I thought you'd maybe know who I was since you're such a huge Hawk fan. I'm like, yeah, apparently I had my head up my ass because I didn't even realize it was him. Well, yeah, I mean, Baz is usually so shy and like well-mannered too that it doesn't even matter. That's so funny. Yeah, I mean, there's there's always stories and there's, I I guess when it comes to like shenanigans and stuff like actual on the field things, um, I guess Drew, Drew called you out too. Drew on, we had Drew on, and he lives about an hour and a half from me out here, and oh, yeah. uh, I, I keep in fairly decent contact with him and Callie. They're really great mm-hmm. people, and yeah, when I asked awesome. when I asked Drew, he you were the first one he said he was like Bo Bauer for sure, man. Like we were screwing around, drinks beers, you know, and he. uh he said you were a blast. Well, we had our – I remember we had a, his bachelor party. We were up in Wisconsin somewhere. And Baz was there too, and I'll never forget I walked in. Um, Baz and Emily's his wife. Yeah, I remember yeah. walking in a little cabin, and those two at like 12 o'clock were like on each other. Like, oh, so we're not his ba- – or no, it was his wedding because obviously she wasn't at the bachelor party. But it was it was his wedding, and those two were just like on top of each other, passed out in the back. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a million different stories. I'll never forget 
freshman year, it was Josie and I were actually, him and I were um, on the scout team, obviously, our wretched freshman year, because that's just what you do. You get the shit beat out of you. And we were like 200 pounds soaking wet trying to build muscle mass so we could actually play. And it was um, Brandon Sheriff on the offensive line, and we were playing scout team linebacker. And I'll never forget, like, when, you, when you're on the scout team, you, like, give good looks, but you're not, like, you can't kill people because then they get, like, the seniors, like Sheriff and, um, and like, slow. They'll get – he was the right tackle at the time. They'll get pissed off, and they'll just, like, try to destroy you every play. Blythe and all those guys. Um, Buffelli. And I'll never forget, I remember there was one time where I, like, slipped or something like that and, like, hit Sheriff super hard. And um, the next play, I absolutely got my, like, shit destroyed. And then it was, like, headhunting for the entire day. And I'd, like, turn around and he'd, like, jump on my back and, like, try to kill me anytime he could. Um, Stuff like that happened on the field all the time. Just fights breaking out. I remember Tristan Worse when he first came here, I, I, like – him and I got in a little bit of a scuffle. I remember trying to hit him as hard as I could, like obviously with my head, because that's all I use is my head to hit people. <laughs> um, super safe. And he was like a brick. I'll never forget. I could not, he could, he just would not move. And it makes sense. He is where he is now being the Super Bowl champ. Yeah. Freaking awful guy. Um, but he was like a rock. Um, and then, like I said, like, the party bus stuff and going out and, you know, after spring ball, the guys would always get together. And, um, I know Andrew stoned, uh, Andrew stone would be another good one to get on here. I don't know if you already have. Not He's yet. That, that dude is, that, that man is an animal. Um, <laughs> love that guy. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, there's all sorts of different kinds of stories and stuff. We'd always have a shrimp boil. So after spring ball, the, the, um, Paulson twins. I don't know if you've ever talked to them. Yeah, I haven't had them on yet. They're characters, man. They're freaking awesome dudes. And, you know, they, they ship all the stuff up from Louisiana, the crawfish stuff. And we'd have a big crawfish get together and everyone would get together. And, you know, the, the best memory we I think we've ever had was easily being Ohio state. And yeah. like, once we beat Ohio state, that locker room was insane. Like even coach Ferentz, you could tell he was just like, He's like, he's like, you know what? You guys come in when you come in. Don't even care. And we're like, yeah. And so then we went out and we had a great time that night. That was wild. So, Good. you know, we'd run out like a part of the bar and have like the whole section, especially after being in Ohio State. It was like the whole bar was just nuts. So that was cool. That's awesome. Oh, you guys but deserve yeah. that. Just oh, for sure. No one even gave a shit that night. Oh, no. Good. So it was, that was, that was really fun. But yeah. Were you able to keep your Jersey after that game? Yes. I had my Jersey and my helmet. That's or the helmet and jersey. The helmet, the helmet's the best. I have that with me. That's in my house. So that's in kind of like a little deal. So that's pretty cool. Oh, that's the sickest uniform we've ever worn. It's so cool. For sure. The yellow one was cool, but I, that one was like next level cool. Like, yeah, it had like the eyes all like pin, like rebar kind of deals. It, it was cool. I like those a lot. Yeah, I wish we'd bring those back and then just wear those like every year for a game because I don't think you're ever gonna make uniforms that cool ever again. There's no way. No, those are those are so sick. The helmets were super sick too, and it wasn't just like the original Tiger Hawk and like a jersey that's different. It was like the actual helmet. So yeah enjoyed that 
All right, man. We're going to let you get back to work. Thanks for taking time out of your day and some awesome freaking stories. And I know everyone's going to be really pumped to see how well you're doing out there in Colorado and that everything's going great for you. And, dude, we appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to come on with us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. And, you know, I'll have to maybe do it again sometime, get some more people on here. And, you know, if I'm ever in Omaha or ever in Nebraska, we'll have to get a beer. Hell yeah, man. Let me know. I'm down. Anytime. When you said Nebraska Hawks, I was like, Nebraska Hawks. I because Nebraska, man, I I can't stand. I can't stand the Huskers. I mean, it is like it's it's number one easily. When I drive through Nebraska, I refuse to piss. (laughs) Any of that shit, I don't care. If I piss, it's on the floor. I don't give a shit. Tell me about those feelings. I feel like there's just like more to it than that. Like I, I, I feel like I know why you feel that way because a lot most Hawkeye fans feel that way. But why does it's Bo just Nebraska? It's just Nebraska. They, they, they. It doesn't matter even now that they still suck after like eight years of sucking. They still think they're gods, and so it's just, it's just the arrogance and like thinking, oh my god, we're going to be so good this year, or oh, we're going to beat Iowa, or we're going to, you know, blah 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 all these excuses and then we go in and beat that ass every year. And it, it is so sweet. And this playing at Nebraska and winning at Nebraska big is easily the best. It's the best game of the year for sure. Oh, Iowa state, Iowa state is electrifying and it's, it's awesome, but I love beating Nebraska's ass easily, easily. Oh. And working for Q at Nebraska, our Q it's founded through Omaha. Like that's our main hub. And so there's a ton of Husker fans here. And mm. it's just, it's amazing when I just shit on them, especially after we beat them. And it's awesome. They just, they're just a different species of fan. And it's just funny when, you know, they talk all this shit and they always get beat. They're like, oh, yeah, well, back in, how many national championships you got? And I'm like, yeah, well, I don't really give a shit because we beat your ass every year. So, like, it doesn't matter. And hey. so, that's why my hatred's so high. It's just, it's just stupid. Well, I need to know that if that's okay with you, if we put that quote on the back of a t-shirt, I love beating Nebraska's ass every year, Bo Bauer. I love beating Nebraska's ass every year. You can put that on a shirt all you want. You can put my name to it. The people know it. Screw it. That's awesome. All it's, right. It's I'd wear that shirt, man. I freaking love it. That's fantastic. And we'll, we'll, we'll send you one too. Sweet. Oh, I love one of those shirts. I wear the shit out of it. All right. Awesome, man. Hey, well, have a great rest of the day and an awesome week, man. I had a blast talking to you. And like, like you said, if you ever want to come back on ever again and bring a couple buddies with you or just by yourself, we'd love to have you, man. For sure. Now we'll stay in touch and go from there. I appreciate you guys having me and go Hawks, man. All right, man. Go Hawks. We'll see you, man. All right. See ya. Thanks.